growth pains. Hey everyone, welcome to this new episode of Growth Pains. I'm your host, Ignacio Gallegos, better known as Nacho. Uh, today we'll be talking about finding time in the day to focus on hands-on work, focusing on individual contribution over admin, dealing with the energy drain that we all have, especially in these times, and achieving healthy growth for your business. My guest today is Sujan Patel. We met at a conference in Italy a few years back. He's the co-founder of Mailshake. He's this uh, basically the managing director of an agency called Web Profits. And he's also the director of a company called Ramp Ventures, which has about eight companies under their umbrella by now. Uh, he has over 15 years of experience in starting, running, and acquiring SaaS businesses. So I'm really happy to have him here today. How are you doing, Sujan? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Very, very, very excited to, to talk to you about something that I normally don't talk about, the, the struggles, the pain. So yeah, let's let's do it. Oh man, that's that's the biggest part of my life, right? So I, I, it's something I talk about all the time, and I think, yeah, as you say, it's not talked enough. Did I miss something in that bio, man? Because it seems like every every year I don't talk to you. There's like seven things to add to that bio. Did, did I miss anything important? Yeah, I, I'd say the only thing you miss is that the fact that I have three children, three young children, uh, under uh, three under two. Oh, wow. So uh, that would add to my challenges. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't see the pandemic coming, huh? The, the whole working with kids at home and so on. Absolutely not. Yeah, that, that adds, adds, uh, adds some character to my day. <laughs> okay, man. So busy times. Let, let's kick it off right away and let's go first with the true or false. This is usually a, question, uh, a small section I do to basically make people a bit uncomfortable. So here we go with the let's first one. Uh, and the first one I think is going to be an interesting one. You are the smartest Patel in marketing. True or false? Uh, false. <laughs> Which one is the smartest one? There's a few. Uh, yeah, there's a few. I don't know. I, I'd say, I don't know. I, I Neil? think Neil's, Neil's <laughs> definitely been doing it longer. I think uh, his network's bigger. So exposure to smart people is probably greater. Yeah. Um, although I could say I could probably out execute him. But, you know, we, we could, we ah. could fight. Yeah. So okay. we'll, we'll see. There you go. Uh, what about the next one? So a single person cannot effectively manage the day-to-day -day at multiple businesses. True or false? Uh, false. I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, anything you want to add on why you think you think it's you know something that a lot of people can do or you think something that a few can do? Is this something that... What's your take uh, on I think a, a few can do, uh, and that's mainly because it, it's a it's an acquired skill set. Mm -hmm. um, you have to have maybe some agency background. You have to be able to kind of maybe be able to disconnect or like switch gears often. And I think that's not something people can do uh, well. Yeah. All right, man. The next one. It's harder to fix the marketing than to fix the product. True or false? True. That's it's interesting because one of the things that usually people think in companies is that marketing can move quicker. You know, have all that engineering behind it, and you know all that that planning. People will say, "Hey, you can just change your messaging, right, quicker." But in mm -hmm. reality, to change the impact of marketing, it's it's actually much slower. Absolutely, I think the other part of this is you said it's easier, not faster, right? So product is a uh, a lot of a bit more finite and tangible, right? It takes X time to build something, you know, 
You could talk to customers to build whatever. You can find out the problem or you can get a little bit more detail on the problem and then go to town fixing it. And it might be a month, a week, a day, uh, a year, whatever, right? There's a timeline. There, there are timelines and steps you can take to fix it. Yeah. Uh, on the marketing front, there's a hole and you have to guess. And then you have to listen to the people who say what they want and then you have to guess that they're right, right? And, and like, so, and then, you know, fixing that or like, let's just, quick example is, you know, Mailshake has been moving up market slowly over the years uh, from individual individual folks to sales teams, to larger sales teams and, you know, whatnot. That's taken years to shift over. Uh, I wish I could do it overnight. Money can't solve that problem either. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's why yeah. I say it's harder to fix the And you can also like, you know, fill in the top of the funnel with, with quick changes in marketing. But if the product doesn't add up to that experience, then you're just going to be hitting an, a, a dead wall at the end, right? So that's not that good. Um, exactly. And the last bit is uh, when it comes to creating content, there is so much saturation that moving forward, more in-depth content less often would be more successful than content every day. True or false? Uh, true. I want to add something to that though. Yeah. I Go think you have to add in the fact of more in-depth, unique content that has some sort of intent um, to it. So not just like, like think about how you can be different or uh, more, you know, more detailed, but like always think about the intent. Uh, you can create content, you know, if you look at like HubSpot, they've got so much content on like all this like sales quotes, like what the heck does that do for HubSpot? sales yeah. quotes like you know so just just to kind of add to the already difficult part of creating content all right man so let's get to the good stuff uh i would like to hear one thing that you are really really bad at that you can share with the audience i think i'm really bad at um well i think focus right uh if you <laughs> if you look at how many freaking companies i run um <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I think focus is is a is a is a weakness. I also would say it, it's something that the lack of focus has allowed me to kind of just execute. But yeah, I think uh, focus and uh, part of it's because uh, I do multiple things. Part of it's uh, I've got a hundred things coming at me that need my attention, mm -hmm. and and so yeah, I think that's probably the the, the, the area that needs the most improvement. It's interesting because that that essentially encapsulates like a lot of the pains you shared with me before the podcast, right? Like if you if we look at, at the pains you have here and we're going to kick it off with the first one. Um, yeah, they, they all in general are encapsulated by focus, right? That's that's the main driver there. So the first one would be finding time in the day to focus to do hands on work. I mean, I guess the most meaningful work you can right? like spending time is a little bit like spending money, right? You feel OK about that Starbucks that you buy every morning until you do the math later on and you just realize you spent 300 bucks in coffee uh, last month, right? But while you're doing yeah. it, you don't really feel like you're wasting that money. And with mm -hmm. time, it's a little bit like that. You're gonna have a coffee here, a coffee there, a meeting there, right? And that's, that's really hard to tell until you actually audit it. So have yep. you done that exercise? Have you like looked at your calendar and be like, how many actual hours of like in-depth focus work do I put in on the regular week? Is this something you have audited or regularly audited? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think since 2017, I've done this like twice a year, every six months or so. I, I do this purge. Right. Um, have, you, have you seen that movie, The Purge? No, no, I haven't. So it's a crazy movie. So The Purge is about 
the movie. So I'll explain that because it really ties into what I do to, to get my t- time back is this is a movie about once a day you could kill people. It's a crazy <laughs> concept, right? Like, and it's legal, like whatever you want, no rules. Oh, man. And that's a way for like people to have some sanity back. I don't know. Crazy reason. So I do this purge instead of killing people. I killed task on my plate, what I'm working on, um, meetings, everything. And I, I do, you know, the meeting stuff kind of more regularly, but it's like, I've got a blog. I've got, I've got a personal blog. I've got, you know, eight companies and actually we pared down to four and we're selling one. So it'll be three. So like every, every so often things get stacked up that you do that maybe someone else can do better. That doesn't need to be done. That needs to be, you need to drastically change what you're doing mm-hmm. to get better results. And it's, again, it's hard to see the forest in the trees. And, and so that's my way of kind of fixing this uh, and changing course. Uh, so that problem with the focus is this is my solution to it. Um, now, reality is I would love to wave a magic wand and say, I want to focus on one company. Well, yeah. I have eight that I've started uh, or acquired and I'm running. I have uh, an obligation to you know, my investors, to myself, to make a return on what I've spent, my time and, and money, and and my business partners, and, and more importantly, my customers, right? And so I would love to say, I'm going to double, you know, I've identified Mailshake out of all the companies we've run as the biggest potential for a life-changing event, uh, money-wise and, and largest business, TAM-wise, right. but I doesn't change effect, I'm still doing the other seven companies, right? So what do I do there? Do I just kill them? Like, I just get rid of them, you know? Um, and so, yes. And are you able to, I know. Yeah, but are you able to like really enforce like this? Because one of the things that I found tricky is that, you know, we, we once, uh, every, every quarter or whatever, we all play calendar Tetris, right? And we go like, Hey, this, this thing, I'm going to move it here. And it looks really pretty and you can color it and you can do all this cool shit around it. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, you're saying, okay, this is my window to focus in X, Y, or Z. And then you get that message. You're like, oh, damn, I'm just going to have to fix this. Like, are you, are you good at actually sticking to those buckets? Like, because I find that makes the, differ- the complete difference, right? Most people have a pretty calendar. Very few really stick to it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty good at the calendar and, and time. And I get like having now children kind of uh, re- limit my ability to like, just spend hours yeah. long. Like I, I can't spend more time. I don't have any more time without taking away time from other than my family issues. So I, I've got an obligation before eight o'clock and I've got an obligation after 6 PM every day. Yeah. I can, I, I can't work any more hours, quote unquote. So uh, I'm pretty good at that. But what I'm bad at is filling that new time that I've created for myself with new stuff. And so I usually don't see the same problems over and over again. I see mm. new problems. And the problem, the hard part about new problem is that whatever you did to solve your old problems doesn't work always the same, right? So <laughs> yep. now six months from now, I'm like, well, crap, how do I solve this, right? Like, so here's an example. We just hired a VP of marketing at Mailshake. Okay. And now I don't do any of the day. Like I am now pretty much the visionary of the company. I, you know, uh, we don't have a CEO title, but like that would be probably the closest to what I do. But now I've filled the void of time of doing the marketing 
and I'm still involved in like a lot of the strategy. I'm just not leading it, right? I'm in, I'm providing input and direction, uh, some feedback. I'm working on the product, talking to customers, um, and, and really thinking through the sales flow. And, and so anyways, like those are three other areas that like there's a full-time role in each of those things, right? And so, uh, you know, I, I tend to like kind of jump into new problems and say, look, We've got we got to deal with churn. We got to deal with like how quickly or what product related initiatives we do. That does tie back into growth, yeah. but like six months from now, I, I may have my whole schedule full and I don't know how to fix it, or I can't fix it the same way I just fixed it with hiring a VP of marketing. Yeah, yeah. On that note, I mean, it's 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 very well known that you know uh, multitasking is no good. Um, but yeah. you, you have to do some sort of multitasking. But what really works well, I guess, for me. It's to try to like really set time aside or days aside when you only focus on one or two things, right? Instead of just doing 20 minutes here of this, 20 minutes of that, 20 minutes of the other, try to pack everything in a, every single day, trying to say like, okay, like there's a, you know, kind of a sprint this week on like the last week of every month. I'm just going to write it for my blog and I'm going to do that all day, right? So you can actually focus on one thing. Do you get that luxury being involved in eight companies? Because I even had a time, hard time getting that luxury working in one company. And I don't even run it. Yeah. I'm just a CMO, right? So that's one thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I've, because I've worked on so many things over the years, uh, I do because I've made time for it, right? Like, so like Fridays, like mornings now are my blog time. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't care what's happening. Don't bother me. Right. Um, if the company's on fire, text me and I'll stop doing what I'm doing. But like, I, I should set up things where I don't have to, the company's on fire. Like, first of all, I'm not a developer, so I can't do anything if the company's tech actually on fire, right? Yep. So uh, anything marketing related can wait an hour or two, right? Uh, so I, I've kind of carved out some time and, and whatnot. The other thing of kind of how I'm scratching my own problem or like itch of, of the problem of like finding time to do things hands on hands on work is that I try not to do too many things. Like I am involved in a lot of pieces. I may be making the decision. I may be driving. I may be the, the brains behind it but I'm mm -hmm. not the hands. So I only do maybe one hands-on thing a day, right? I've already done mine for the day, right? So I've already, I'm done. I have nothing else to do except solve all the other freaking problems that, that come up, right? Like, so I guess like not solve problems, more so uh, um, like there's other projects moving forward. So I may need to, they, like they may need to check in with me. They may need feedback. So it's like, I'm using my brain, not necessarily like I have to do this one thing. And have you been five things? Have you been getting also a bit better at, at delegating, right? Because you were just saying like uh, you hire a VP of marketing for a marketer, it's always hard to delegate marketing, right? And and then when you were saying like um, it actually like you got confused with the word, you were saying like I'm still direct giving feedback, right? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. How hard yeah. is to break that habit? Because yeah, it's not that easy to just like, especially with a company like Mailshake that you've had for so long, right? How, how is that working out for you so far? Yeah, so so far so good. I think um, I, I think the it's always hard for me to not necessarily move over, but it's hard for me to turn off my ideas or like my yeah. input, right? So I think the the actual reality is like I'm not going to be driving the direction, but it should be something I have input on to make sure that that is the right direction for the company. Um, you know, so I think the I think the 
that part's hard because that's my that's my core competency, right? So it'd be hard for me to let somebody do some marketing stuff that I don't I don't believe in, right? And so I think uh, I, I'm I would say over the years I've gotten fairly good at delegating. In fact, I, 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 none of these eight companies run because of me. I'm a part of you exactly. know part of it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think this this is I'm inherently lazy. <laughs> uh, but I also love challenges. And so that's my personality in a nutshell. So like, I hate doing the same thing three times, four times, five times. It is boring. Yeah. I like solving a problem. Like how do I grow this? Like, you know, what I, how do I leverage product to grow the business? Like just maybe that that's the problem I might be trying to solve. Part. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, I try to do it. I, I, I learn it. I figure it out. Maybe it takes me six months, a year, five years, whatever. But I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I want to go hire the team or people to go do it again, right? Yeah. And like, hey, here's a strategy I use. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And so I think because of my laziness and like, I, I mean, it's not just laziness. It's boredom and, and whatever. I just don't like doing things it's, multiple times. It's completely fine to be lazy, man. I, I, I am yeah. embracing my laziness as well. I think it's part of that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think that's helped me delegate and be like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. Like I enjoy doing it the first time. Yeah. Like I enjoyed when I started doing customer success and talking to customers at Mailshake and our, and I didn't do this at other companies, but like I talked to about 200 customers and I'm like, guys, I'm done. I don't want to do this. Let's go hire this person. Like we know exactly what needs to be done. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to customers spontaneously or sporadically, but like, that's not, I can't be my job. Yeah. You know, of course. I, I've learned that I don't want a specific job. I hate all jobs. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to use that as a quote when I promote the episode. So jump at, uh, <laughs> I, I hate all jobs. I think that's going to sell. Um, on the other one, it's um, meetings are like purging the meetings is one thing, right? But then having the right meetings and structuring them well and making them efficient. Is that something that you feel like you've getting better at over the years? Because believe me, I'm, I try to always be like a nice guy. And in being a nice guy, there's also like a lot of like, just I, we just spent half an hour chit-chatting about what you watched this weekend, right? And, and, and I'm never the guy to come in a meeting and just go like, okay, guys, so first this, I, I try to always keep it human, but also mm -hmm. that can be sometimes if you let it go for too long, very inefficient. Do you find a yeah. good uh, balance here or is something you struggle with? Yeah, I think I have uh, the opposite problem. Uh, you go straight to the I point. Think <laughs> I I I... I we all, so here's here's our our company scenario all of our eight companies are all over the world different culture different like native languages so a lot of our team um uh, dev team um for mailshake is all us but different culture um uh, diff like and and you know like i'm talking san francisco to like iowa yeah. loves getting away never going to disconnect, right? Unless they go to Yosemite for a day and they accidentally lose service or something. Anyway, my point is that we've got folks in like in Europe and in, in like Belgium and Germany and French, French folks that are just super blunt, blunt. And they're like yep. direct feedback. Uh, we've got folks that are in Pakistan and Turkey and whatever that are like, they are good. They can speak, they're competent at speaking English. But if I tell them a joke, They're not going to get it. So <laughs> yeah. I've been personally, because of all this stuff and also because I'm doing so many things, I come into a meeting, let's get to business. Hi, hello. Insert one minute or two of like band, like, you know, yeah, yeah, random yeah. conversations. And I jump to the point and I'm like, are we done? Cool. Let's go. Right. And 
I, I also suck at giving people a pat on the back when they do a good job at solving those things or whatever. And so I'm kind of like a train. I just go come in and go, let's get the heck out of here and go on to the next thing. And I forget about the thing I had before. There's notes and whatever, and there's action items. So we're good at that. Uh, but, you know, I think I would say my problem is people, I'm working with other humans, right? And so I'm not very human in my day. Um, <laughs> and I try to take a break and, you know, then I come back later and say it. But, yeah, I don't have that figured out yet. I don't know. Um, okay. That's okay. Yeah. But for so, me, it's a bit difficult the other way around, right? I, I sometimes can just go about, hey, everybody, how are you doing? Ask everybody. And then you realize, shit, just like 20 minutes just went by. But, uh, and so I'm, I'm struggling yeah. <laughs> with, with fitting that in as well. So let, to wrap up this, like this pain, today in your everyday, like how much of your time goes to actual hands-on meaningful work, you think? Like percentage or amount, whatever you want to go with, top of your head, an idea. I just spend one, one, one thing a day, right? Um, Sometimes it's, it, it, it varies from, you know, half my day to, you know, one hour. So something like that. Right? But you so, aim to um, like start it and finish it in one day, essentially, if, if possible. Um, usually try to take on like my one thing per day is a bite sized chunk. It might be of a larger project. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd say one thing one day, right? Like that's it. That's all I do. Um, okay. And do you have uh, any any like rules that everybody knows about? Hey, you don't do meetings in the morning, in the afternoon, any sort of like these things, or you go more free about it? Uh, I'm a little bit more free flow. We have a lot of more structured meetings, so uh, right. I try to have a couple structured meetings, like a check in with each team every day, or like uh, a, sorry, each week, and then yeah. maybe a marketing team meeting. There's a couple other like check ins that are once a month, um, and then you know I would say like you know half my days you. So that's you. I try to get those all done before noon. And then the afternoon, I could take a nap if I wanted to and do nothing the whole day. I mean, obviously, yeah. people would rely on me to do that. I'm not doing that. The, my point is, that was my attempt to give myself brain power, which is. If you're doing that, though, it's totally okay. Nobody's going to listen to this from, from, from It's okay. It, it stays my, between Yeah, us. my team. Yeah, guys, I, 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 I take no <laughs> naps. I'm working. I'm at Saturdays. Well, dude, it's a pandemic. We need to take a break once in a while, right? Deal with it. It's going to be fine. Yeah, uh, on on absolutely. the other one, to make a segue to the next pain, right? Because it's, it's, one time to, it's one thing to find the time, but then it's really important to really, you were saying you do like one thing a day or so, to really find what that thing is, right? Like um, what's the most impactful? So really focusing on your individual contribution over the basic admin that you have to do by running the business. Most of mm -hmm. us are by default incompetent at most things, right? And, and then the key question becomes really like, what can you do like uncommonly well, right? Like better than most people and how you can contribute to that, to the business, right? It might be hiring. It might be anything that's not like even like directly to marketing. Um, being involved in so many businesses, I can imagine this might even vary per business, right? Where you can contribute on every business. Do you have this figured out? It's like you wake up every morning and you know this is the thing you need to improve. This is the few metrics I can impact directly at Sujan or is this something that's still a blur in your head sometimes? Um, usually when I wake up, I know what I want to do. By the time... I start doing it, there's a lot of other <laughs> things that cause the blur. Um, yeah. And it, it's like, um, I look at this, I, I'm part of EO, uh, Entrepreneurs Organization, kind of a global uh, group of entrepreneurs, kind of, you have to be a certain size business and whatnot. 
And what I've learned through this group, and we there's I have a forum anyways, uh, through this process of being and learning as to be a better entrepreneur and ha- you know individual contributor, I would say I I've got it figured out conceptually, and I would say seventy percent of the time I'm good at following what I intend to do, right? The thirty percent either I don't get around to because I've got other stuff, right? Like on one hand, I do one thing. On the other hand, my job is to make sure the 40 something people that work with me are not waiting for me. I'm not the bottleneck, right? So sometimes it's product, which, and, and, and it's developing new features. Sometimes it's bug stuff. Um, and sometimes it's marketing. Sometimes it's customer support success. Um, so it, it, like a plethora of things in, in my, in my wheelhouse, uh, but that stuff, some days there's just like, there's just too many things that I need to go look at and give feedback on or be involved in. And some small part of the, the that flow that just allows me to do nothing. So I guess right. going back to your question, I have a very like, uh, by failing at doing this, I've learned to be very sharp about this because I know, again, this has been a weakness of mine that I feel like I've, I, I've, I've solved. But, um, you know, I, I look at uh, kind of energy time, right? So to me, I don't really think about the time in my day. I look at the energy in my day, right? right. And so that big thing or whatever I need to actually do as an individual contributor or like decisions I need to make, right? Like every Wednesday, we've got a, a weekly mail shake leadership meeting. That is the most important meeting of our week because if we don't, we, if I don't, freaking pay attention we could like accidentally let something stupid go forward or like agree to doing the wrong thing and and so although that's one hour of my time it sets the tone of what 20 people do in their week or the month or the year you know yeah i mean what's interesting is that and and where i was going also with that question is that you know to to really achieve output right you you need to be able to break down like output metrics into more like input metrics right like in SaaS, for example we all know we're working for mrr growth right like that's the goal mm-hmm. we all want to grow our mrr but then that's something that if you tell to every individual contributor in the company it's not actionable right they don't know what they can change today to change the mrr because there's so many things in between so you actually need to tell these people hey these are the two or three metrics that you can personally influence that would eventually drive our MRR if all the cogs in the machine are doing their part. Do you know yeah. what exactly what your part is or, it's, or is that part kind of diluted across the business, right? Do you have like uh, two or three things that you say, if these numbers are going in the right direction, then I'm doing my part besides the yeah. overall MRR growth, right? Yeah, yeah. so we I definitely have that. We use, uh, so I want to go back to something real quick yeah. about the prioritization. So this quadrant, right? Urgent, immediate, um, urgent but not not so urgent and important urgent not important not important not urgent you know whatever the last one is right i always try to focus on important impactful but not urgent that's cool that's why i say the 70 percent of the time i'm good at it sometimes i get sucked in 30 percent of the time into urgent not important not important you know Uh, or urgent and important and those two quadrants like urgent and not important could be like hey can you give me feedback on this like blog post title like i don't give a crap dude like i can figure it out like you know uh that's something anybody can solve right um urgent important is like 
crap, our SSL, like this simple thing, our SSL is expired. We need to go, who has the freaking login for this? I don't know. We didn't do a good job organizing. That's a minutia detail, but I could spend two hours trying to figure out how to log into something and giving it to our team and whatever, right? So, um, so now going back to your question you just asked me, mm-hmm. I use a format called EOS from Book Traction, and it, uh, yeah. it's it's oper- entrepreneurial oper- operating system. I don't think this is the best system. I think it's a good system. I think a system is better than no system. You could use OKRs. You could use uh, Scaling Up by Vern Harsh. There's yeah. many ways to run a business, but uh, and I say business because this goes back to. The, departments, channels, marketing, everything. So you've got your goals for your, you've got your five or 10 year target. You've got your goals for the year. Usually like one target, like one thing your company's trying to do, five goals, maybe max in a year, maybe three three to five, somewhere there. And then there's the rocks that you measure every quarter. Yep. And then, and those things stack up. So like when I look at the quarter, I'm like my team, or whoever I'm working at, each person or team has things they can contribute to achieve that rock. So our goal at Mailshake, our rock is to hit X, I won't say the number, X number of ICPs. And that was actually our goal for the year. And so that we broke that rock up into, I mean, broke that goal up into three, four quarters. So every quarter for us to succeed and the goal, again, the target here at Mailshake is to build a $100 million organization and exit value. So that's the goal, five-year goal. The goal for this year is to get to X number of ICP leads per month. At the first quarter of the year, it was, you know, one, whatever, 20% of what the annual goal is. Uh, yeah. Second quarter was 40%. Third quarter is 80%. And knowing Q4 sucks in terms of, you know, leads go down. <laughs> then we get to that hundred percent. So Q3 we're in right now is the hardest kind of quarter. Um, and so we have to really grow. So we've got like, that's the only thing that matters for us to hit our annual goal. And that annual goal, if not hit, changes our timeline or potential for that five-year goal. And so I, I would say at a management level, we've got it locked down. I think on an individual, like does one of my marketing people know exactly what they're working on and how it contributes. Not always. And that to be fair, sometimes it doesn't and that's okay. But yeah, as a, as a whole, it does. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to actually be my question. If if it's something that you felt like everybody, you could pick anybody from the organization and be like, Hey, do you know exactly like which kind of things you're contributing? And also what's tricky about setting this up is that, you know, at the end of the day, revenue, it's, the target, right, for for most organizations. And you try to break this down in a funnel, you were just mentioning sort of like having a certain number of leads in your ICP or so on. And that often can create the wrong incentives as well because people can start getting, you know, finding hacks around it. So you can get a lot of leads that kind of meet the ICP but don't really convert and start lowering quality just to meet their targets. Uh, Do you think you've been successful at um, setting that up in such a way that the incentives are, are aligned and then you're not you know, getting the, the wrong kind of laziness or behavior that comes with the wrong goals. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, that comes from, I, I would say, yes, we're absolutely like in line in the team. And it took about nine months or a year to get the whole company to really say, like you ask anybody in the company, what are you, what are we, what's our, what are we going after this quarter or year? And what are you personally doing to contribute to that? And then how do you know if you're doing a good or bad job? 
Um, and, and so I think that everybody kind of bought into and, and, and then never, everyone's like going the same direction, which is half the battle. The other half is like you said, quality creep or like, you know, trying to take a shortcut or accidentally taking a shortcut where you mm. get more leads with the quality sucks. Well, I think that kind of is solved by, you know, our, our like metrics and scorecard of like, okay, like, okay, we want X leads. What's the conversion rate? Like how much revenue is that tying back to? What's our close rate? And so keeping a pulse on those. And so I think those are kind of optimization levers and require coaching. And so like on the manager level of our team uh, or teams, and sometimes that's me being the manager, uh, or sometimes that's my business partner being my quote unquote manager or coach is to say, okay, you got all this traffic. Great. That was one of your goals. What did it, how many leads did you get out of it? And, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's easy to fail at that, but I think it's that check-in mechanism yeah. um, and just being real. And, and again, like on the sales front, it's very straightforward. If you get leads, you don't get, you don't close them. You don't get commission. So they're going to close them. Right. Uh, yeah. Now the downside to that is like, well, you close and you shove people, maybe the bad, the wrong customer to the frontal and you get the commission. How do you know that? So that problem is solved on the onboarding and customer success side. It's like, or systemizing like the incentives of say, okay, look, if somebody cancels or gets a refund or whatever, you're going to lose that commission and you're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a delay on the commission or, or another thing is like, you're allowed X percentage of refunds because that's just the normal anything above that we need to, we need to, you're like really you know auditing now that's the like that's the way to solve it after it's happened the way we solve it before to, to prevent things like that from happening is that coaching yeah jumping a manager jumping on the calls with folks and like but that's interesting like because spying. Yeah, but this is eight businesses we're talking about, right? So have you also been able, because coming back to like your individual contribution, have you also been able to identify, they might be in different stages, right? Mailshake yeah. might be more mature than others or so on. Do you know exactly, well, or have a really good idea of where you can make the most impactful contribution on each one? Because I can imagine it's completely different depending on the stage they're in. Yeah, so I think like, you're right. And out of the eight, there are, so I'll just kind of break it down real quick. Of yeah. the eight, one of it is the agency. So I've kind of got myself completely out of the day-to-day of that. Um, we have a general manager, so I don't do anything for that business except check in once a month. Um, and and uh, and I create content and kind of st- share what I learn. Um, a lot of the strategies that we're using are still my contribution. That's where I can, you know, whatever. Uh, so that leaves seven. Of the seven, that we've identified three of them to say, we're just gonna put these on autopilot. And so autopilot being like, find the team to run it without our, without mine and my partner's intervention at all. If we check in even once a month, we have failed. Um, then there's four left. We've said, okay, one of them is gonna be sold. So we have three left. So, but anyways, of the four, different stages, different sizes. And I'd say absolutely whatever you're asking is true because, um, we use the same system across the board. So the great thing about running multiple companies, there's many bad things and there's many headaches to this. But the best thing about all this is like, you learn once, you apply many, right? So we've come up with a process that works. And fail saves and like coaching programs and whatever and mentorship to keep leveling up our team, coaching to help making sure that they're like staying true to kind of what they're, you know, and maybe some optimization. 
the check-ins, you know, scorecards, rocks, goals, targets, whatever. But we apply that every single company. So, you know, one of our companies, Right Inbox, I don't have a sales team, so there's nothing to do there, right? So, like, yeah. okay, just cross that off the list. Um, but um, what yeah. about because, like, as, as you talk, like, and I, and I also consider that you're a new dad and everything. Like, energy, it's a topic, right? Like let's say you manage to find the time and then you also manage to do the best with that time with your individual contribution, which is really difficult, but we all strive for that. Um, energy plays a big role on this one, right? Like, um, do, are you able to find the energy to 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 get all of this done or, or, or is this sometimes an issue in, in, the, in the current uh, times? Oh, I think energy drain and like lack of energy to do all this stuff is absolutely a big problem. That, that, you know, that's yeah. kind of my personal pain point there. Um, and, and it's, it's, uh, it definitely makes the businesses kind of that struggle. I, I don't say struggle, but like it definitely doesn't make the businesses work better, but here's what I've learned over the years is that most businesses suck at a lot of things. You only really need to do a couple of things, right. To make the businesses grow. Right. Like we did so many stupid things. And like, if you look at like all the, all the top companies in the world, like, you know, they, they are like, like, let's just take a look at the for fortune 100, right? Like think of like GE, mm -hmm. um, they are failing to innovate to the next era of business. Right. Yeah. They just completely missed the ball. All of it. Microsoft missed the internet. Right. <laughs> but they didn't die. They still are trillion dollar company. Right. They, so I, my, my point is like, I think it's okay to like fail at all, like a lot of things or like not be the best. I think I like to personally strive to be a, you know, efficient structure, operational efficiency yeah. uh, and business management is a, is, is a aspiration of mine to me, realistically, I'm like, fuck it, dude, I'm not going to be perfect at this stuff. Even one company, fuck it. Like, it's not going to be perfect. But it doesn't necessarily like, like, my goal at Mailshake is to be customer centric. But it doesn't necessarily mean I'm hitting that every single time. Yeah, That's my aim. Right. So you know, if, if someone's, you know, we've had customers who have like, or have yelled at us, uh, or like, you know, like cursed, And, and our support team are like, hey, we have to fire that customer. That's just like, that just doesn't work for us, right? Yeah. Um, would you say we're customer centric there? Would say, hell no, like, that's the exact opposite, right? But, um, but, but doesn't mean I can't aspire to be customer centric. I can't aim to be that way. So, uh, but does energy, like, does my energy, do I have the energy to do this? I think I go in waves. Well, right. but this is this is also important because it's to recognize that, right? Because what what happens a lot is that when business is not going good or or you need to hit a very ambitious target, right? And and like what you'll do probably is that you're really super freaking tired and you'll still be like, ah, I'm gonna put a few hours before I go to bed, right? I'm just gonna go to do this. Yeah. Sometimes it's much wiser to just go rest and come up at six in the morning and get that done with a clean mind, and and, and rest it, right? Than just going in. Are you good at like calling yourself on that and, and just being like, dude, you're not going to be productive right now. You're going to sit on your ass doing nothing. Let's just go to sleep. Or are you that guy that still, you know, like fighting with yourself for three more hours, even though you're knowing you're not doing anything or getting anything done? I, I'm usually the one who's like, 
I'm out. I can't do it. And I, I kind of feel the guilt and the... That was my th- my next thing, the guilt. Yeah, <laughs> the, the guilt. I think like just in general, the guilt from the lack of energy is more draining than the energy. Like So like that's the part that eats me inside. When I say like energy, lack of energy or energy drain, I mean actually dealing with the guilt because I feel bad that I'm not doing these things. Like, so like, you know how hard it is to identify a growth channel, right? Yeah. But then once you identify it, my intuition is to like go 100% at it or 150%. Like how do we do this and, and do more, right? How do we do better? But if you know about it and you're too tired or don't have the energy to take action on it today, reality is, okay, can it wait till tomorrow? Can it wait till next week, right? Doesn't matter really. But to me, I feel guilty if I don't do it today when I, when I, when I identify it, right? So uh, that, that's maybe my personality. Like I, I kind of, I tend to be like, let's, don't half-ass something. Go all in. Like if you're going to go do it, just do it. Yeah. There's no like try. Just go do it and fail. That's fine. But just do it, right? Like uh, so it, it's probably my personality and, and, and kind of um, in, 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 what, in some ways it makes me a good entrepreneur, a good marketer. And so, as a person, as a human being with emotions outside of my function or, or skill set, it fucking hurts, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's, it's like it's hard. also one of the things you mentioned in 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 our emails is that you're you're real striving for like you know healthy growth right like for for many years in the last decade it's been all about like sort of this mentality of like growth at any cost like profitability is the evil we all go for the next funding round sort of thing and you're really trying to to reach what you define as healthy growth so i'm i'm, I'm really curious to see what that definition entails what what is your conception of healthy growth yeah, so I I put a lot of thought into what this is because it's not that simple, huh? It's it seems really no, simple. It's, it's not that simple. Healthy growth is is like a you know two words that like take a lot of, of like defining what what your principles are to get there. Yeah. Um, but the to me it's a growing company. So in the SaaS world, right? My goal is to exit some point down the line. Doesn't yeah. matter when. If that is my goal, then healthy growth means fast enough growth happening. That means healthy because otherwise the valuation is a lot lower when you're like a lot slower. So faster, yep. you know, bigger, uh, you know, the multiples change, right? So that's huge in, in growth rate. So I think it's the growth rate, profitability, efficiency in each team and business process slash um do we have the right like maybe this is like not like hiring the right people but do we have the right management team to execute the vision that we are trying to do not for like forever but like the Mm -hmm. next two years but that's a bit tricky because let me sorry to interrupt you a little bit but like when you say healthy profit and so on right like what's there, there needs to be a trade-off, right? Because we all would love that, you know, you can hit it, hit it all, right? Like grow really fast and at the same time being sort of profitable, having a good CAC or so on. Very often what needs to happen to reach that speed is that your CAC is off the freaking roof. Essentially you're waste, like losing money every time you make a customer, right? Uh, yeah. You need to get in that model. How do you, where do you draw a line, right? When it's like, okay, this might make me faster, but I don't cross that line. Uh, profitable right so like you 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 remain you aim to remain profitable yeah as as you go profitable right Um, we don't have any none of our companies have funding so 
we literally don't have any more money that's in our bank account, right? So like, I can't yeah. spend what I don't have, right? So exactly. I can't actually lose money for too long, right? Now we're not, you know, we built up a, a, a you know, savings and, 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 and fund to be able to like, funds to be able to invest, let's say, I'm gonna go test out podcast advertising. I need $100,000. I could do that. And I will go get that $100,000 at the end of it. It has to be whatever. But yeah. what I mean by healthy is like, okay, $100,000 budget, okay, approved. But when you know at $20,000, stop it, that it's not gonna work or work, right? Like, so you've got the 100,000, but like, let's say only spend 10,000 or 20,000 to get some viable answer, general direction. And if it's like back at the drawing board optimized, that's fine. But at some point then scale, right? And I think a lot of startups say, oh, I want to I want to grow. I'm going to go do this, this, that, the other. And they go all out. They go $100,000 first and because they can afford it because you can go speed is of the, of the essence. And so I don't look at speed. I look at growth rate, right? Um, different things. Speed is trying to do a lot of things and input metric. Growth rate is an output of doing the right things and uh, enough of them, like pushing the envelope, but that where it kind of comes back to reality is the profit, right? And yeah. so like if we are losing money every year, we, we have a finite pool of capital. So like it goes, it takes away from our piggy bank. Maybe yeah. we could do that one or two years, but like uh, after that, we would literally out of money. And yeah. And again, that might be okay because you could actually raise debt now. So you can use debt based off your company value um, and use that pool of money with a small interest rate and use that to grow. But that, again, that for us, it breaks the rule of profitability. Yeah, I'm subscribed to your newsletter and something that, that, that I read recently, I think it was your last email from it, was about your big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Which is... Uh, essentially to have uh, an exit from Ramp Ventures of 100 million by 2025, which is in five years. So damn, you have to, it, I can imagine it's a lot of work. Um, what's your take on it? I, I absolutely understand the concept of a big, a hairy, audacious goal, right? I understand that it's yeah. like a, a little bit out there and it has to be intense. That's why the name, right? So you have to be ambitious. Yeah. Um, I've also had Rand Fishkin on the on the podcast before. He was telling me how much he really, really regrets not taking an exit opportunity he had for about 30 million and then just basically never getting the chance to exit again, right? Yeah. If, it, if I set you up in 2022 and there's a door there open for you to exit with 10 million in your pocket, uh, do you ha have you put yourself in this position? I can imagine you have and what's your take on it? Are you all in or nothing? Or are you just like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> because that's Yeah, so that that's a good, great question. That's a reason. And, and uh, uh, there's, there's a, that's the reason we haven't raised any funds uh, outside capital is that we want to be controlling our own destiny and have the option to exit whenever we want to be able to pull that parachute whenever the heck we want to do it. Like if I just can't, if I just lose energy tomorrow, I reserve the right to liquidate my assets. Now, like maybe the liquidating my assets might be selling my share and my partner is like, Hey, I want to keep going. Okay. Like that's my problem now to sell the company to whoever or how uh, to uh, an approved person or maybe to my partners or whatnot. Now, yes, I've thought about these scenarios. We look at 
should we just sell this thing? And we asked ourselves that question probably once or twice a year. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there's a lot of things, market conditions, right? So COVID's happening. Is it a good time to sell? Um, given that we're six months into COVID? Yeah, absolutely. It's actually, uh, the fear is gone. And now like people are looking for healthy companies to buy And And guess what? All of our companies are profitable and growing fast, right? So like, yeah. uh, uh, the other thing is our companies, uh, and we operate this way, is they are built to be sold, meaning um, the operational efficiency, the like management team being able to do this. That I'm not saying we have to sell today or we will sell. And and when I ask myself that question every you know six months to a year, it's not a serious question. Like I'm going to go do this today. I don't even have a buyer. But if I got an offer, we are prepared to be able to close a deal in 60 to 90 days because we've got our books in order. We've got right. our data room. We've but got that's, that's a logistics, team. right? Like, but in your mind, right? Do you think you would right. go so, and take it or, or do you like, I can make more, you know, sort of thing. Uh, I, again, like I think, so the logistics help me not have to worry about that decision, that right. part of the decision, because I have eight companies, I have very little emotional attachment to any of them. I have emotional attachment to my team and 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 investors and customers right and so if let's say it checks the box that like they're gonna like this company like i have an exit opportunity it's gonna be good for the team it's gonna be good for the we have uh, investor meaning like outside capital for some of the companies we've bought yeah not like investor they put in money and they like not a vc or anything like that and and i am the investor a lot of times in my own businesses so uh is it good for me and financially and then three, is it good for the customer? Like if we, we're going to sell a company, is this person who's going to buy it like, or whoever I could sell it to, could they actually do good with it? Like better than we can do. Um, uh, maybe they have more resources. Maybe they've been in the market. Maybe they're competitor, whatever. Right. So if those three things are checked, then it's the amount of money that it is and what versus what it could be in the future. And, and that's a question I think, uh, I, I'll have to think about, right? It, it's, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Then, as I'm saying, it's like, it's three checkboxes. Enough money for that day, week, month. Um, does it check my three factors for the company? And like, I already know my company's prepared to sell. So it's just a process to go through. Um, so it, it like two thirds of my decision is not emotional. It's fact-based. And then one third is, uh, is is the money factor enough? And I'd say I, I'm going with Rand's uh, approach here. Is like, yeah, I have a hundred million dollar exit value, but if somebody come comes to me tomorrow and says I'll give you thirty million, I'll consider it. You know, yeah, it's not a bad life. Um, it's not a bad life. What would I do next? And then, you know, this is kind of the same thing. I, I don't know. I, I think I have family goals as well, like personal and family goals, right? Mm -hmm. So. Does that money is thirty million enough, or ten million, or whatever? Is that enough to do what I want to do personally, right? Yeah. Um, and my personal stuff, or like I want to build uh, um, generational wealth. So if it's ten million dollars, I'd say probably not. It's not worth it. That's not enough money to go pass down to the next two generations. Yeah. Um, it, it's enough. It is, but it's not um it's not that much money right yeah, so yeah. that so it's it's it, it kind of goes back to that but yeah i, I think I, i'd say i'd sell like just to be just to be completely honest 
hundred million dollars is my goal. It's a big one and small one. Like a few friends of mine is like, why not aim for a billion? I'm like, dude, none of our companies are worth a freaking billion dollars. I like, yeah. I don't even know how to add this up. The, the whole thing is billion. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, um, I know. It's, it's super interesting for also for the European re, uh, listeners, I think, because because there's such a different conception of those amounts in in like Europe versus the U.S. Right? The U.S. has a completely different system than in Europe in many aspects. So uh, sometimes the the numbers of like the billions or the hundreds of millions, like even a couple of million here, it's like okay, that sounds like sounds like more than in in the U.S. Right? That there's a lot of education cost and a lot of things that are different. But to wrap yeah. this up, man, because it's gone really quickly, we're gonna be almost an hour now. Uh, I wanted to to get your latest uh, resources for the audience, if you have some cool stuff to share. I have um, asked every guest before to, to recommend different things from books, podcasts. So I'm curious to see what you're enjoying lately that you can share with, with the audience. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, a couple books here I recommend. One is called Finish Big. Um, by a gentleman Bo something, if I his last name. All right. Great book on exits. Like what is like, it helps you, reading through the book will help you kind of understand where you want to go with your company and, and, and whatnot. Number two is Traction. I talk about EOS a lot in this, in, in this conversation. Really good book. Another one is called Scaling Up. Those are the kind of two different versions uh, yeah. of like a, an operating system. Uh, I think it used to be called Rock, Rockefeller Habits or something like that or yeah, like yeah. Rockefeller um related but anyways those are great um i think my f uh my favorite like daily thing or weekly thing would be listening to the acquired podcast um really really cool podcast um okay. on on companies growing and not only about acquisitions but ipos like transactions like a startup idea like airbnb and the journey to go to ipo or the journey to get sold and they have all these different ones from like the last decade or two from like Disney to ESPN. ESPN journey is really cool. Um, they got bought out by like, they, the smaller company bought a bigger company with that. And anyways, really cool stuff. Like you just learn about all the crazy things that other companies have done and like what they've pulled off. It gives me confidence or kind of way ideas to kind of think about what I could do to get my goals. But yeah, those are, those are really, really good ones um, that, that I recommend. And then lastly, I'd say principles by Ray Dalio, really, really yeah. good one. A lot of what you heard today is like, I've kind of set some principles or goals or like what I believe is right. And what I believe is not good or what I think is bad. And I just kind of operate to those and some of them matter and some of them I'm like, I'm okay, you know, not doing it. Yeah, yeah. If I can add to that list, I think one of good one also to add to that it's uh, it's Measure What Matters by John Doerr. I think it's uh, it touches mostly about OKRs and, and that kind of stuff. But it's it's super important to to really know how to set those goals. And uh, people assume it's going to be very straightforward. It it, it often is not, right? It, it sometimes is very very hard. And what works for other businesses doesn't really work for for the business and the other one would be your own newsletter i think it's it's very interesting and i think you're also going to make a switch now and this is why i added it to true or false and you're going to be publishing a bit less frequently but a bit more in depth so i think that's going to also be really interesting for people and looking forward to to reading those posts they seem really interesting um and besides that that's really happy to have you man it's been really great it went really quickly 
at some point maybe we can keep sharing pains and, and do another episode later but it's been super fun to catch up by the, the last time I saw you you were kitless now you have three <laughs> and, and now you have COVID so, and, and more companies as well because the, the, back then I think it was way less as well so it was really nice to catch up thank you for taking the time it was really nice to have you yeah my pleasure and, and anyone want to chat or follow along obviously my newsletter is great talking about everything I learned but Check out, ping me on LinkedIn or email me sujitsu at gmail.com. Thanks, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you soon.